Chapter Seventeen of Almond Blossom. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Almond Blossom by Olive Wadsley. Chapter Seventeen. The lack of justice in life is one of life's greatest mysteries. We are always finding excuses or reasons for acts of providence which, to our own inner conscience, are the reverse of just and right. Richard King. I am sorry i only said with delicate clearness really sorry my dear tony you see i had no idea rexford had come up to town to go to tattersall's and had naturally called in at berkeley square g and he had heard reports of doro's success the fame of her loveliness had spread tony had said nothing but had been entirely delighted and g had said a great deal and that had delighted him too tony immaculate if hot had been hailed by ione with real pleasure she might scoff about him and g she might ridicule them to their faces she might also be an indiscriminate hostess a most liberal critic but in her there was an unalienable adhesion to her own breeding the clan instinct had never died or even faltered she chose to be every sort of woman for her own amusement but she remained Ufond, a great lady tony had asked for doro at once and ione had commiserated with him on having missed her since pan was driving her at that moment to hurst point for the night into tony's face an almost blasted look of rage had come it was as though his own rage struck him and disfigured him he conquered himself and said huskily to hurst point begad damn it's like his insolence how long has it been going on has he been here in a lightning flash when he had explained the truth ione realized the seriousness of this matter she knew tony's worst suspicions to be just she knew herself to have been reprehensively careless but doro knows pan is married she said she may i'm not sure when i sent him off he was over here about a divorce we never spoke of that matter that's not the point now either no she answered simply and added what do you mean to do she made no effort to suggest comfort nor did she utter soothing platitudes about things never being so bad as they seemed and so on she was a woman who knew her own men i'll get off back at once tony said grimly he kissed her absently and marched out ione walked to the window aimlessly abominable the whole thing why had not tony trusted her in the first instance but why should he have done if it had been nicholas she would have spoken of it to no one every thought she had damned pan and despised him and inevitably perhaps she thought if the girl had been one of us really one of us this could not have happened though she knew this was unfair some obscure family sense made her very resentful of tony's agony of spirit about doro cars passed and repassed in the square a barrel organ was playing somewhere ione had a hundred and one things to do appointments visits to pay she stayed beside the window she felt both distressed and affronted and her dignity of life had been struck at this sort of rather cheap affair should not happen she resented it extremely and her resentment fixed itself definitely upon doro's secrecy finally with an expression of bored annoyance on her face she went up to her room and rang for her maid to dress her 
but all the afternoon despite a rather amusing rencontre with a man who had adored her for years and despite pleasant places and people she could not shake off a little sense of anxiety the butler told her when she returned just in time to change for dinner after a dash to hurlingham that lord rexford had rang up to ask what time mr greville and miss doro had started i told his lordship the man added again that little sense stirred uneasily it woke to definite sharp anxiety when upon her return home at one o'clock in the morning she found tony ringing up from her point to say doro and pan had never arrived tony wait don't ring off i only said miserably uncertain what to say suggest do you think an accident has happened she hazarded neither had anything to say in reality ione passed a sleepless night and rang up hurst point at seven o'clock in the morning tony had no news for her a spasm of intense anger against pan and doro seized ione she raged inwardly as women of her type do most rarely permitting themselves to express anger at eight the telephone rang again a man's voice a stranger's voice asked is that mrs lascelle yes mrs lascelle is speaking now i am dr halcott i am speaking from my house at moor green a village between godalming and petworth if you can will you come down here immediately your brother mr greville has been taken seriously ill yes i will come who is with him there was a pause the voice answered cautiously a lady ione heard the receiver click she told her husband to ring up tony while she dressed the call came through rather quickly tony's voice said doro is here pan was killed by a horse's kick last night i am coming ione answered mechanically End of chapter 17 Recording by Maricel Quee